Hi, this is Deborah Ann Wool. Thank you for listening to the Children of Erte podcast, presented by Demiplane. You can join us live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv backslash RPG, or catch up with the VOD of each episode on the Demiplane YouTube channel. Bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way everyone and welcome to this week's uh not quite episode of children <laughs> of erte uh we are experiencing uh you know not to single anyone out here but uh we've had a power outage and so um we're it, it's going to be difficult for us to have an episode especially given the person who is uh is out and absent tonight uh this is uh a just one of the things that happen with live streaming. Uh, you know, there are virtues to pre-recording. There are virtues to live streaming. And uh, and sometimes you get stuck in the middle of those. So uh, apologies that we're not going to be able to have a regular episode. We kind of threw around the idea for just a little while that we would ju- just play without a Game Master tonight, and that we would you know, <laughs> simulate the fireside chat and just do like an episode of 24 where it's like real time and just keep going until everybody falls asleep but um we thought that was probably not the right call so what we are going to do instead is we are shifting into an episode 20 celebration episode 20 uh episode 20 celebration and so we are going to spend a little bit of time with you um thank you so much for watching the show all along the way it has been an incredible experience this is a story that we are all connecting to it's amazing seeing how you're connecting to it out there Uh, i think this is such a unique world and and unique uh you know place that that we're finding these characters and as players it's really rewarding for us thank you so much for watching so we thought we would maybe answer some questions for a little while and do a little bit of q a in lieu of the regular episodes so if you have questions we have our magical demi bot that is actually capturing questions right now and all you have to do is go into chat just like for uh on the Erte, and you can type the word question and then follow that with the actual question itself. And we are going to jump in and, uh, and and start answering questions. So if you've got them, go ahead and start typing those up. And if you are directing it at someone specifically, you can also call that out in the uh, in the question. We'll make sure that that individual uh, you know provides an answer if they can. And uh, but I also will not uh, you know say that others won't jump in on those questions. So, so we'll we'll give some priority to who you want to answer. But um, but this is all of us improving some stuff with you tonight, and we're gonna have a good time with it. And I uh, hope that you can have a good time for this little while that we're gonna do it. All right, let's see. We've got questions already coming in. So. Ooh. 
Let's jump in here. So from Cassius335, are we going to get more phone videos? That was a fun change. Also, I may have jinxed today's episode earlier. Sorry about that. I don't know what you mean by the last part there. Do not know what you mean by the last part there. But um, if you're a witch, then okay. Um, that's uh, that, that's pretty special. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, that was... Something that uh, on the production side and, and just thinking through the show, something that we have been thinking about doing some little bonus content like that for a while. And mm-hmm. um, I think that, you know, last week's episode ended up having a, uh, you know, fairly big backstory drop. And and so I decided right. that I would pilot the concept a little bit. And so I think that it is very, very possible. And I will say likely that we will end up with some additional bonus content in the future. It might not be phone videos. It might be written. It might be uh, sequential art. I, you know, I, I don't know what, what people are going to come up with, but I do love the concept of bonus content and we will see uh, where that goes. I love how you said sequential art. And the first thing I thought of is that the only thing that's drawn in my book so far is from my brother and that I haven't had a chance to draw anything in the book and we've just been pulling out pages. So I'm like, oh, I should get on that. <gasps> no, you gotta draw. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a journal that I started writing when we, like before we started playing the mm-hmm. game. Um, and then some some letters that may have been writing, things like that. But also, I really love the video format. I think that's a really fun thing. But it, it, yeah. it, it was so exciting yeah. to see that video, Adam. Yeah. It was just, yeah. it was so creative and so clever. Well yeah. uh, you know, the, the hardest part of all of that was learning how to do actual telekinesis. Like that was, oh, the, yeah, that. That was the really, really hard practice. Glad you've been practicing, that. though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, Rob, Robin has her... Um, her photo album which is also kind of like a scrapbook and she's already taken a couple pictures we know from her polaroids so uh, hopefully she finds time to kind of make a little collage or something with those and she used to take more pictures very exciting yeah I, I, the, I love all the ideas. Let, yes. Let's keep them coming. I love it that at this point, I think Silas has actually written in Neb's book more than she has. <laughs> because Seriously. she's just ripped pages out for fire. But uh, Silas, because you you have the directions when we were going through the rap party. That's mm-hmm. my book. Yeah. And I've got this one thing drawn from my brother. And that's it. So <laughs> well, maybe the thing that I'll put out there is your directions. And, and, and I do have to think through that, you know, it is kind of incredible to think that we have these like precious notebooks that people have all these family connections to and everything else. And we're mm-hmm. using that for the fire instead of the comic books that Silas bought. Making sure the comics remain unscathed. I don't so, know if any of us know that you have comic books. With uh, you. Well, that, that sounds like that was a good move on Silas. There you go. All right, let's jump into another question here. We've got um, we've got a, a few that are you know asking why we're so awesome. So thank you so much for the compliment. Oh, it's but all we, of these people. We they, probably won't answer that one in depth. You know, it might seem a little haughty for us to do so. Um, but uh, yeah, no, let's but, see. But the, but the truth of that is, like, it's it's this group working together that everyone elevates each other, and none of us, I think. I, I can only speak for myself, but I know my my performance by myself would not be nearly as good without these incredible people. They they bring me to a whole other level, um, and I am grateful every game. Collaborative ensemble, I love it. It really is like for for me, it's the height 
of storytelling. Um, you know, there's a ton of the Silas. Silas being a fan of so many things is is the mm-hmm. autobiographical part of this for me. And um, I, you know, you can see on the shelves behind me, there are three other walls that you can't see <laughs> in this play. You know, it, just so many things that I love and I'm passionate about. And um, most of that revolves around story. And, um, and and this form of storytelling is unlike anything else. It, it, it just elevates to a level. And when you play with people like we've got around this virtual table, everyone's just so incredible. Everyone, you know, the maturity, the, uh, the, the personalities, the ability to capture, uh, you know, the different archetypes of what makes story great. It, it, it really is just something else. And you know what's weird about this table specifically, like out of nowhere, it just feels like you feel super safe with each other, like exploring different things and showing different emotions. Like I just feel, um, and I talked about this in my Beyond the Airte um, episode in that like I jumped into a group of people who are very close friends and have played together for a while, but like you guys did not make me feel like the new girl. at all if anything you were like get in here <laughs> so i've just when we found out that you were joining us we were all so excited i mean it was just yeah. like perhaps, exclamation points yep we were all so thrilled mm-hmm. so i was i was really nervous because you guys are all so seasoned and you're already professional and i've watched all of your work for years even before you guys knew who the heck i even i was i've watched your work before Aww. so it was really cool to be able to jump in a table with you guys and then play and then realized that I could just be the character that I wanted to be because I was like, oh, wow, these people are really like true, huge, massive geeks like me. This is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And we're really lucky because you picked a character or you created a character so different from us and we need that. Yeah. Someone who's grounded and and, and, uh, it's wonderful. We need someone to threaten arresting Silas when he talks about crimes that he's committed. He's the law. It's an essential component. <laughs> what, the Book of Ashanti? Um, no, so um, the Book of American Laws. Um, all right, so uh, let, let, let's jump into another one. Let's see. Uh, let's let's talk about Feruza a little bit more. So we've got from N. Denison 8 Alicia, do you see Feruza getting more confident with herself and really leaning into this world and her powers? You know, okay, so off stream sometimes, we'll like, we all talk about this. Like when we're taking a shower, walking down the street, we are literally thinking about our characters and how they feel. And so that when we go into the next game, we're already sort of raring to go, like where we want our characters to be and say and confront and where we want them to move in the, the next episode. And for Feruza, like her process has been very, very slow because she is, she's worked very hard for where she is in her life. And she's convinced that she, you know, she lives her life in reality and kind of on the straight and narrow and everything's planned out. So what you're seeing now, exactly what you kind of asked in the question, she's starting to like the idea that she's strong. She likes the idea that she can do something she's never done before. And every time she succeeds, and that all depends on these things, but (laughs) every time she succeeds at something, it bolsters her confidence. So I'm almost letting the dice dictate where, how she grows. So it's interesting to me too. I'm like, I'm basically watching her grow because of how the dice uh, dictate. So lately 
late, especially with the Thoruza thing a couple episodes ago where she made that, <laughs> where I d- threw my computer on the ground and destroyed the stream. <laughs> That's still like, one of my favorite moments. <laughs> She's like almost going. <laughs> I was like, I tipped it over, it fell on the floor. I was like, ah, this is the computer. And then I was like, the stream went, everything. But that was a big moment for her because a bunch of things happened. She realized not only am I stronger, but there's something else inside me that's that's affecting the world around me. And I'm I'm doing it like on my own. And as she as like you're gonna see it's gonna be a faster progression now because she realizes now that she's she's doing it. And that's what's so much fun because I feel like I'm doing it like Silas. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> So I, I'm going to, because, uh, you know, the wildness of tonight and being very atypical, I did not mention mention our sponsors. And oh, so uh, Elisa reminded me when she grabbed her dice, uh, we are rolling Die Hard Dice. And so, yes, we've got some beautiful pictures of Die Hard Dice. Uh, thank you so much for being sponsors. If we haven't done it already, because I know our community team is out there uh, and they're incredible and awesome in chat. So we might've already done a giveaway, but if we haven't, we're gonna do a giveaway. And uh, you can use the code AIRTE to get 10% off any order that you do at the Die Hard shop. And they have supplied us with, I'm gonna go ahead because we've got the entire alphabet to chew through here. And even though this is an atypical episode, I'm gonna go ahead and say that they have supplied us with menace managers, menace managers <laughs> to roll for our streams. And so thank you Die Hard for that. We also have, we cannot forget, Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. You can pick up that Electrum chest code that's a hard thing for me to say for some electrum <laughs> chest code i don't know why but it is um but uh you can pick that up and thank you as always idol champions and tonight you will not hear the dulcet tones <laughs> of sirenscape because we're not playing the actual game but typically we do use that because epic games need epic sound there we go squeezed <laughs> that in and we'll go to the next question so a fish killer how has this particular game prep been different for you guys character creation to episode one introduction so i think uh, all of us have probably individually talked about this a good bit and so who, who won this was definitely different for me but i'll stop there who wants to jump in on that one uh, i'll jump in um the biggest difference is that we are coming from an earth-like place whether it you know it 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 basically is earth, you know, in a, in a similar time. Uh, so creating a character who is completely human and completely in a regular world uh, was so fun, you know, because you get to really relate to them and, and, and create a character who is going to react like maybe a real human would to magic. So I'll keep it short that way. I'm going to bounce off of that for two different things. One, what's been fun has been at these low levels, really thinking about spells and abilities and things and how to flavor them and how to work them in, in ways that I've never gotten the chance to do. Cause usually in a lot of D and D games, especially the ones that we've been playing for years, these early levels, you, you kind of kind of gloss through them real quick, or you just kind of take a lot of the, the stuff that you get for granted. And now like really thinking about, how my character would discover that she could do a thing is a lot of fun, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and like talking with other people of like, oh, you want to know how to 
do a thing? You know, how can we help prompt something so that your character can discover they can do a thing? Also, just personally, there's a lot less vocal warm-ups. <laughs> well, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I mean, when I'm in the shower, I don't really have to do any vocal warm-ups anymore. I don't know why. Um, I'll, I'll throw in that this was, I think, in a lot of ways, a much more collaborative process than a lot of um, games and shows that I do. We really all tried to, we knew we had the time to explore these characters. And so I think we all came in really thinking about, you know, flaws and growth that they could have, um, but also how, you know, where they can have points of connection to one another, where we can learn from one another, where we can, you know, you never know where things are going to go. And I think we're all sort of on the ride, but also just, <laughs> there are always things that you can sort of go, oh, that, that might be an interesting path to explore at some point, you know? And, and building out my character in part, thinking about the people I was with. Um, that was really different too. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I, I put more into this character than I think I have on any other character I've ever played. And yeah. these characters feel more real to me. Like these are the first characters where I feel like I could walk down the street and see them and be like, that's us, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You want to go Anyone else? Go ahead. Uh, no, you go ahead. Okay. Um, for me, I'm in second, third, and fourth. Um, what uh, Robin Hope and uh, Jen said. I'm like, I'm like, I want to say your like character name, so I have to go. That's right, not Maeve. It's Jen, <laughs> not uh, it's Robert. Um, what they said just about. Um, I knew right, right away when I came in. I was coming into a group that did not play regarding character development because sometimes you'll jump into a game and you're the only person with like 15 pages of backstory you're like uh i just have a couple sentences never mind <laughs> but it, this group i came in and everyone's like well when she was born she <laughs> i was like okay so with this table i can go in also with with the dm deb wanted us to like she said give me everything and i may or may not use it but throw it at me. And we, she also asked if we were okay with her sort of doing, you know, playing with what the information that she gave us. So when we're in game, we don't know what she could be using in the game that it relates to the backstory we sent her. So there's that. So that's one thing about this show that's specifically different. But the other thing is that we also had the, the, the time to like, we knew this wasn't like a three shot. We knew that we had the time and like we were given the ability to sort of develop a character from babyhood to like, uh, and hopefully we don't like die in the process because I always, the reason why we get so nervous and on social media, people will be like, you guys are the whole episode. All of you are like, <laughs> like making faces. I'm like, because we were told this is a game where you could get seriously hurt. You could get maimed. You could just die. So <laughs> it's the source. So we do, we get nervous when things happen. Um, I, but I like that though, because it, it makes it, everything feels more real and more intense. So that's why when you're watching us react, we're like, oh gosh, you just rolled a four. <gasps> if your character loses an arm, if your character loses a leg, if we, we were told that you adapt how a person would adapt if something happened to them, you know, in a world like this. So 
this is that's totally new. <laughs> that's totally new for me. So yeah, it's been a pretty it's been a pretty intense but fun, but definitely different. Yeah, I, I think what I would say about it is, you know, honestly, this flavor of D and D is what I have played like for for many many years, and I, I think some of my favorite stories revolve around that concept of uh, stepping outside the ordinary world. So, you know, as a kid, you know, Narnia was was calling to me. Um, I love Stardust uh, by, by Neil Gaiman, you know, that kind of concept that that fairy is just right there on the edge of everything. So so I think that that concept of of slipping between the the ley lines or whatever is uh, is really appealing to me. And so, uh, you know, as I was uh, talking to Deborah and she initially kind of pitched what that uh, concept was, uh, I just immediately was like, yes, 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 this is great. Let, let, let's run with that. And uh, and so, you know, um, uh, honestly, that kind of concept, uh, one of the things that I saw, uh, the Miss Marvel show, this is going to be a weird thing. I, I, I like the show for a lot of reasons. Like, I, I think it was, uh, you know, fantastic show on many, many levels. But um, one of the things that I loved about it is I have been trying to explain to people over the years that that's almost how I see the world and, and people just have never believed me or understood what I meant by that. But that, that concept of like active daydreaming is something that I, <laughs> I actually do. And like, there are times where I get lost in it and people have to, Adam, Adam, are you with me? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. You know? And, uh, and, and so I, I love that concept that, um, it would not surprise me, even as a real human being, it would not surprise me if there is more out there uh, than, than what we currently perceive. And, and, and so um, I, I just love that sense of wonder that comes with that. And so for a show like this, being able to kind of create that, it really it really felt like a lot of the D&D that um, I've played over the years. I've, I love modern tales anyway. So D20 modern was my jam uh, back in the day. And so uh, just kind of melding all that and kind of, kind of putting all that together. Uh, it, it really is just a special uh, setting that we're playing in. And, and I think mm -hmm. it's just such a, a wonderful playground for all of us. And I just want to throw out there that none of us has any idea what's going on. <laughs> we, we don't. <laughs> but it's fun finding out, right? Super <laughs> there is no metagaming. <laughs> no. Oh, how many hit points does that thing have, Deb? <laughs> She's like, it's not even real. It's not even in any book anywhere. <laughs> All right, let's see. Let's do another one. This one should be pretty quick. So uh, from Jay Millie, how old is Silas supposed to be? So Silas is in his early 50s. Uh, oh. And I think, I think one of the... Um, you know, he, he might look a little younger than that, but but he's in his early 50s. And I, I think that um, one of the things that I noticed when I was uh, playing D&D back in my, uh, you know, teenage years is I always created characters that were older than me. And and they were, you know, 20, you know, early 20s is where I would create them. When I got into my 20s, I wanted to play characters younger than me, at least when you started out. So they were like, you know, 18, 19, like Luke Skywalker age. And, um, and so as I started playing, you know, as an older adult now, um, I think there's just something really fascinating about the point I've come to in life that, you know, there, there's so much um, stuff out there where people talk about your best days are behind you. And I just have categorically found that to be false in my life. And so I love the 
the aspirational element of like what could life you know 10 years from now look like and and so uh so for me that when i was creating silas it was a lot of you know what are some things that i would like to do in uh in you know another decade and you know owning a huge gaming and comic and uh you know uh action figure shop is is certainly on that list but uh but yeah i i, I think that uh that was kind of the uh the reason behind that that age category and um, and I haven't been able to play one of those older characters um, at, at this point yet. All right, let's see. Here is another one. Um, Coach Millie, were y'all friends IRL? I think that stands for in real life before this campaign. <laughs> kind of yes and no. Before I, this campaign, before yes. this, yeah, before this campaign, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, before we started playing, uh, you know, in the D and D Beyond days, like before then, um, I knew Lauren. Uh, so, so Lauren and I knew each other at that point in time. I did not know per, uh, personally know Hope and Jen at that point in time, but we but met, we knew each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we did. We met Alicia, uh, or uh, I have spoken and interacted with Alicia for, for a few years now, yep. but then uh, really spoken and, and got to play with her just for this campaign. Mm -hmm. And I think many of us uh, have, have known her and known of her uh, for a while. And, um, and so, yeah, it's, um, uh, you know, these games do more to forge friendships than any other single activity I've ever found. And so uh, I would, I would die for the people um, that, that are around this virtual table. Like I, I, I love them all. Um, and and we have become very fast friends over the years, um, even yeah. even if we weren't when we first started playing. Yeah, mm -hmm. Lisa and I were joking before when when you uh, got brought on for the campaign. It was just like we have been trying to play together for how long? Forever. We've been like Twitter, like oh you're Twitch. gonna do it here. Let's do <laughs> like we would do the same charity event, but we would be on different shows. Or, Always, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We were just like this far apart from each other. So, oh, so when you when when you came on for Children of Verity, I was like, yes, yes, like we finally get to play together. I know, it's so <laughs> exciting. Uh, for me, I um I knew like like Adam said, um, Lauren, uh, we had like a mutual stalking going on. Like she said, <laughs> um, with with Jen, I when I first started watching. D&D, I was watching Monsters and a show that she created and directed on YouTube, uh, Monsters and Fables, right? Fables. And that's the one. Yeah. So I that's the, one of the first things I ever watched of live play D&D. And I was like, oh, this is a really interesting way to do this. And I thought it was really good. And I was like, I got to get in it. So that's one of the first times I ever saw her. But I heard of her before and other things like from TV stuff. Hope we actually play in a home game together and have yeah. for the past few years. <laughs> so I can tell you this hope plays is, is that the widest range I've ever seen in a D and D player. Hope's character in a home game is nothing like Robin. Like hope has, completely like, can play anything. It's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like <laughs> complete, completely diametrically. Both. So that's kind of how I know everybody. <laughs> All right, let's jump to one more. This one, uh, you know, and this is going to kind of prove out. I think the question is going to, uh, you know, kind of kind of trigger some of the 
reasons that I would even like pull this one up in the first place, because I, this is a great group of people um, to, to play with. But, uh, but the question is from uh, Cole 12 monks. Ideally, every member of the party maintains perspective that D and D is a game and everyone is there to have fun. But as we know, human emotions are not always neat and pretty. <laughs> Does anyone struggle to not things, uh, take things personally while playing when things occur between characters in game? If so, how do you go about reconciling these complex feelings? I'll how do you bleed. maintain perspective bleed. and keep feelings from interfering with role play and your enjoyment of the game? Bleed. Oh God, um, there's whole, whole discussions on bleed. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I as I, I will fully own that I, I had a bad day one day and I was not good about that. And um, so when that happens, it's owning up to that you did not do that well and and doing what you can to make it right and to take the, you know, the things you can to not have that happen again. So safety tools, checking in with people, um, you know, obviously apologizing. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Uh, but I, th I think especially when it's a group you trust, it's that's really that goes a long way. And, you know, everyone is human. And when you care about things, it can be hard or we are living in a time that is really hard the last couple of years. Um, and so I think, you know, having compassion and kindness for one another and recognizing that, you know, this is is where we try and come to enjoy ourselves and and sometimes you know the world comes through and sometimes it's hard to when you care about this like let that go so um i try and give myself space before and after games to you know get into character get out of character um but you know communication and and you know just being being a grown-up when <laughs> when things go wrong because it happens when you play with people for years and years like people have bad days um that's right yeah i've found a lot of my bleed happens not when i'm mad about anyone else doing anything i'm mad about what i did i'm mad about something that my character did that either um i'm upset as a player that i let the character do that because i felt like it was bad for the group or right. I'm upset that my character failed at something that it would have been really not like cool for them, but like it would have been good in this moment if I'd been able to succeed at that. Or, you know, it's it's that kind of thing. And so for me, it's it's less about um, being mad at other people and more like remembering that, yeah, that is a, it is a game and yeah, we get emotional about it, but it, it is a game and I need to be able to, to put it down and it's, it's okay. Um, but yeah, the, the having the time before and after is really important. Even if we don't hang out um, after a game, cause you know, lives are busy and sometimes people run off and sometimes the games that I'm more, emotional about are not necessarily the games other people are other people may have a, a stronger reaction to games that you know i thought were totally fine and so mm -hmm. giving myself time away I, i'm very lucky to have a partner that i walk over to and i go D -d i gotta tell you what happened and <laughs> venting helps venting helps a lot um so yeah like 
recognizing why the and, and I'm using the term bleed. It's I, I think it actually came from LARP, but it's that idea of the things my character is feeling. I'm now feeling and I'm not able to separate the two. And so trying my best to be like, well, why am I angry about this? Or am I just angry on behalf of Neb or, or Kira or whoever? Uh, but yeah, it can be it can be hard. It can be hard, especially when it's something um, when it's something intense and then you have to wait a week for it to resolve. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. Silas, Robin. I'll jump in here. You know, I think one of the things I've been married for 20 something years, I genuinely have crossed the point where I have to like really think about it. I don't know if it's 22 or 20. Um, Anyway, um, I've been been married for a while. And one one of the things (laughs) that um, I have discovered on uh, that journey. Um, and, and it's been a wonderful journey. I want to be really, really clear. Love my wife. She's the most wonderful uh, person on the planet. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the things that I've discovered is, you know, when you really love people, it is really, really hard to hold a grudge, you know, long term anyway. Um, and, and, and so it's like, it's just, you know, sometimes I, I call it blue skying. So if you've ever been on an airplane, and uh, you've taken off and it's like storm clouds and, and you're in a storm and you're looking out the window and it's just completely black out there and, and just the rain's you know crashing down. And then you punch through the clouds at some point and, and it's just completely clear and blue up there and, and everything, you know, looks pristine and peaceful. And so I think that, you know, one of the ways that I deal with that because I do, I do, I'm very passionate. Um, and, and I get into, uh, those things. And so there are times where, uh, you know, uh, that bleed definitely happens and it's, it's just trying to center a little bit at that moment. Think about that blue sky, uh, you know, metaphor and, and just understand that, um, you know, hopefully bet on giving, everyone the benefit of the doubt around the table and especially with these uh people yeah. that, that i've played with for so long that they have the best intentions um and so it's mm-hmm. like when you really think about it that way um it, it gives you a perspective that i have found over the years really really helps um now you know that's not going to apply to every situation because sometimes you are in a pickup game and and, and you're not yeah. going to have that level of trust and, and, and everything else. So, you know, that kind of tool might not work for that, but I do think that when you're playing with people that you love, people that you trust, um, th- those are the things that you can really fall back on. Okay. Um, yeah, oh, go ahead. No, you go first. <laughs> okay. I'll say the best. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't f- find myself ever I don't think ever getting mad about things or other people I <laughs> I have come out of game or episodes and been crying that happens to me a lot because I take mm-hmm. everything as if it's real when I'm in the moment and when something happens that you know either character was close to dying or made a really a big mistake in game or even when I've actually made mistakes in game I mean, Adam knows I, I once kind of had a breakdown because I used a spelling correctly, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, my God, I, I feel so, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm upset that I did things wrong. 
Um, and, and, you know, it's like, I know that the audience is going to catch me for playing it wrong. And now I've ruined the whole game. And so those, those are the moments that I need to be able to step back and be like, it's okay. You know, we're here to entertain. Nobody gets it right all the time. You know, it's, it's, it, the idea is just to have fun. Um, so that's, that's something I need to always, cause I, I just, I want to do a good job, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I don't, I, I, I kind of beat myself up about it. Yeah, I think I think that's I, I, I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I, I do the same thing. You know, one mistake, it will haunt me forever. Like I yeah. can remember mistakes I made in a game eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think with the Internet and with having an audience and things, mm-hmm. it can be really hard. And, and I think that's part of the, the sort of social contract of this is that, you know, respecting that people are doing their best and nobody is perfect um, and mistakes happen. And it's it's not usually an intentional thing. Sometimes it's just a momentary brain fart. Mm-hmm. Um, but. But that can yeah. be harder. That is so much easier to give to someone else than yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like that moment in where it is yep. it, like, I have never seen any of you or anyone at any of my tables make a mistake and think, oh, they're cheating. Oh, you know, like I never thought I that. I haven't for I, many you know, years no. anyway. Yeah, I have never seen that happen on stream, off stream, and where my, my my instinct, if I even understand that they've done something wrong, is like, oh, you know, whoopsie, whatever. Or, oh, maybe this is a, a homebrew thing that the, the DM is doing. <laughs> but when it's me, yeah, it's it's super hard for me to let that go and be like, I just read something wrong or I clicked on the wrong thing or like it's it is very hard to give myself the same benefit of the doubt. And and yeah, that can be the, the hardest part is is being able to get over those kind of mistakes and, and being able to talk to everybody afterwards can, can mm-hmm. help as well, especially in those moments of like, hey, listen, I thought the spell did this and it really does that and I kind of messed that up. And, you know, being able to get that out is really helpful. But yeah, it is it, it is one of those things I constantly have to remember that I, I need to give myself the same grace I give other people, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. That's right. And I think that it definitely comes down to having like a table you trust and, you know, make, you know, if you're, you have a problem with someone like uh, Jen was saying, don't be afraid to bring it up so that it doesn't sort of color the rest of the game or the rest of the campaign. Yeah. Uh, like mm-hmm. bleed is something that I was really unfamiliar with when I first started playing. I mean, even though really I'm not, I'm, I was unfamiliar with live plays for D and D, but I was not unfamiliar with improv. So you have, when you have acting, you have a script. So everybody knows what's coming. Like they know that that scene is coming. They know that altercation is going to be, get ready for it. With this stuff, you know other people's personalities, but with role playing, because it's improv, something could come up that was not planned. You know, a lot of people sometimes have like an altercation that could happen in a game, even if they try to avoid it. So one of my, I think one of the things that I learned very early was um, I was playing in a campaign that was a short campaign. This was like three years ago. And there were one character in the game was, had been abused by like robots. And my character was a robot, but was like a high level one and she could hide it. Like she could cloak herself. So one thing me and the other actor did 
was a tiny bit of metagaming where we said, okay, I know that your character was abused by robots when it was becoming a superhuman. Um, at some point, your character is going to discover that my character is a robot. And I don't know when it's gonna happen. The audience is like, because the, the audience knew. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't know how it was gonna happen, but we made sure like what Jen said with safety tools, like we said, we know it's gonna come out. We don't know how it's gonna come out, but it's it's probably gonna be pretty explosive because it's going to be like, how could you hide this? What are you? You know why I don't like robots. And when it, so what, so because we did that, when it finally did come out 55 episodes later, <laughs> it was super emotional. Like everybody was crying because they sort of, they were screaming at each other. You know, they, one of them tried to walk off, but then after the stream, we, we did, we sat and talked with each other. We were like, yo, whoa, whoa. best of friends, no problem. So if there's, if you're kind of like, if you're going to a game where you know there's something that, that your character's not gonna like about another character, like kind of that kind of prep can, especially if you're gonna be a live play thing, you wanna prepare so that it doesn't end up being like a, a big problem. Cause I've seen that happen. Where yeah. like someone will say, I quit, I quit the campaign. I'm not doing it. I've actually seen someone do that to someone else. Yeah. So, like, yeah. like Jen is playing a very trickstery character who likes to pray, play pranks. Um, mm -hmm. And she was very upfront being like, is it going to be okay? Can I, you know, is this going to be okay that I do these sorts of things? Everyone would be all right with that. So just upfront, just making sure that we're all okay. Um, and that, you know, everybody's playing along and is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I really think the root of most problems in our world is a misalignment of expectations. <laughs> and so if uh, if you get those expectations aligned, everything falls into place, uh, you know, re really, really well. Uh, one other thing that I will kind of add to this, um, you know, we're really talking about uh, safety here and we're talking mm -hmm. about, um, you know, ha having the ability to trust the people at your table and, and work through those issues. But I do also want to emphasize one of the other things, you know, maybe I'm just getting old, but, um, you know, life is pretty short also. And so you should not suffer abuse of any kind. And so if you're, if you're in a group that is not willing to work through those things and, and to come out on the other side in a positive place, then, uh, you know, so suffer no fools in those situations <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 you know, uh, get out, fi find another group. And I know that that might be easy to say, but, um, but at the end of the day, um, like I said, uh, making those kind of decisions to value and prioritize yourself and, and, and your emotional well-being and everything else is, is the way to go. And so I really yeah, want to emphasize else, that. This is a game and the intention mm. of a game is to have fun. And if, yes. if exploring those things is not fun and people at the table are not having fun, something is wrong and needs to be dealt with. And that may mean that you need to change groups. It may mean you need to reevaluate the rules at the table. There are a lot of things it can mean, but it certainly should mean that there needs to be a conversation happening. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But That's right. You want, games are there to, to be fun and for people to have a good time. I, a friend of mine said something really interesting that made me really think about D&D &D a while back, which is you, you don't see a lot of call for dramatic improv. When most people think about <laughs> improvisation or improv, it's like, it's funny improv. It's whose line is it anyway? It's that kind of thing. And even in the context of D&D, &D, uh, learning how to do that kind of yes and, and and improv, a lot of those skills come out of you know, fun, funny kinds of things. Whereas D&D &D really can and is dramatic improv. And, you know, like Alicia was saying, 
sometimes you need to be prepared for those things because it, it's important to have that that line. Um, and it it never gets in the way of the of the emotion of the actual scene of it being really good D and D I've, I've literally had stuff in where a character, a, a player and I have before the show been like, all right, this is probably going to happen. Are you okay if this happens and that happens? Are you, you know, where are our boundaries here? Um, all the way up to um, me messaging in a backstage chat being like, if I attack you right now, are you okay with this? And <laughs> like, it, it makes it freeing to have that, that yes and no. Um, you feel like you have your net. You're mm -hmm. on your trapeze. You have your net if you fall. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're on the roller coaster and you know that it's been rated for safety, but it's still terrifying. Also, I think with Bleed, it's important to note that when you're really in a scene and you're really involved in things and you care about this stuff, you are getting, you're getting adrenaline and you're getting those yes. emotional yep. responses. So your body is reacting to this stuff in mm -hmm. ways as if it were happening. Um, which can be some of what's hard to shake off, which is why it's important to have that kind of cool down period. Yeah. As well. and, and I do have to look on the flip side of that. That's part of the reason I love playing these games that much too, yeah. though, you know, yeah. because, because there are just very few other types of activities, you know, video games, and, and they just don't kind of trigger that same kind of, uh, you know, response. And so, yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's really, it, it can be a really, really positive thing. And, you know, honestly, even some of the, uh, you know, issues that you can sometimes, uh, you know, need to work through at a table can become positive things too. And, uh, you know, I honestly think if everybody in the world played these games, like if everyone could play these games, the world would just be a better place because you have to, in order mm -hmm. to actually continue to play these games, you, you know, if you're if you're playing you know call of duty online you can just rage quit and, and throw down your controller and you know but it's like when you're playing these games even across you know video platform you know on demiplane uh you know or whatever else like you're, you're still you know looking at the people you are you are there with them in some capacity and so i think that that proximity uh, creates a level of intimacy that you mm -hmm. just don't find in, in other kinds of gaming experiences and that's one of the reasons i love it and sometimes you'll even see, like, yes, this is a performance. And so sometimes when when we're being emotional on camera, we're often in backstage chat being like, you're okay, right? Everything's okay. But <laughs> I've I've also been on streams in where uh, an emotional scene will happen. And afterwards, the someone will just write on camera, say, are you okay? And it's it's kind of a beautiful moment when someone is sobbing and you know cleaning themselves up and like, oh yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. It's, all good. <laughs> it's you know that kind of that kind of release can be a lot of fun it, when you feel comfortable doing it, and it's it's okay to have those emotions. It's it's the a problem when they're um, it's a problem when you don't know how to deal with them or they're unexpected or they're coming from a bad place. So, mm -hmm. but just, just because you come out of an intense scene crying does not necessarily mean it was a bad cry. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of good right. cries out of D and D. We're going to wrap up soon here um, uh, to, to, to let everybody yeah, <laughs> m m move on here. But um, maybe time for a couple more questions. Um, and I've got to sneak this one in 
um, because it was asked by one of our cast members. So we have uh, from Hope of the Valley. Oh, I wonder I who that, that person. Is. They're pretty awesome. <laughs> Adam, are you IRL? That's in real life. A huge fan of Michael Jordan. Boy, am I ever. Oh, and so the, much the rest of our time is going to be spent talking about the greatness of Michael Jordan. But no, um, I mean, I could tell you five different, uh, you know, vectors uh, and, and, you know, scales of why he is the greatest basketball player uh, to ever play. But um, but I will save that for another uh, conversation at some point. But yes, I'm a massive Michael Jordan fan. Um, and uh, and he is the uh, still is the GOAT greatest <laughs> player that has ever played. But I'm also a massive NBA fan. So I watch the NBA uh, today. I can tell you things that, uh, you know, <laughs> Uh, people probably shouldn't know about um, almost all of the teams in the NBA today, but, uh, but yeah, out of all of those giants that have played the game, MJ is, is the top of Mount Rushmore. There. Oh, I appreciate wow. that oh. children of Verte has just become a place and where you can secretly geek out about Michael. That, that's, uh, that's basically right? it. That, that was the entire point of the several the years character. from now, all of us will just be huge fans of this person. Who we've never <laughs> met. It's just, we've been listening to Silas talk about them for years. I did meet him once by the way, but that's a different oh. story. All right. So, yeah. um, so ultimately uh, we're going to end on this question and this is a doozy though. Okay. Ooh. Because this is getting into some speculation oh. and I, I want to clarify that if anyone's watching now or listening on YouTube later, this is speculation. So any answers that we might have for this is pure speculation because <laughs> I want to say like, you know, I'm, uh, you know, um, uh, involved in the production of the show and everything else. And I, uh, have intentionally, uh, removed myself from any of those discussions about what's really going on here. So we genuinely do not know. Um, and so any, any way that we answer this is again, speculation. So there's that disclaimer, but let me find the question again. Here I'm we go. So, so excited about this question. Now there's such a lead up. You know, Cassius, a lead up. <laughs> Cassius 335. Since Deb's not here, ooh, the cat's away. The mice will play. Um, what do you all think Erte is? A place, a lion deity. I love that Narnia reference there. Um, something else. Um, so yeah. What do we think Erte is and what do we think, uh, you know, we, we can embellish a little bit here too. Like yeah. where, where do we think we have like landed um, in, in ourselves? Cause for me, I'll, I'll start. Like, I do think Erte is the name of the world, but I don't think our characters, you know, obviously would know that yet, but that that's my guess at what Erte is. Um, but then it's like, you know, why would, you know, presumably uh, us as cast members and players and characters be children of it? So, so I don't know those <laughs> answers yet, um, but, uh, but I think it's a place. And as far as like what that place actually is, I mean, the only answer that I can have for that is, is some kind of other dimension, but, but honestly, the more that we play, I'm not sure that I'm really convinced and convicted that that is really, really the case. So that that's all I got right now. I think that Erte is this realm's mythological equivalent of what we here think of them. And it's what they call Earth. It's what they call our world. So we are children of Erte because we are 
creatures that have come through from what they call Erte, what we call Earth or our world. So we just like stepped through some dimension door with that train or something. So we wandered into, if the Feywild told fairy tales. Yeah. Oh, the the world they told them about would be our real world world. And they just had, they got the name slightly off. If the people in Dungeons and Dragons land were playing uh, accountants and bookkeepers and, <laughs> and and they were playing in the world of, you know, and all the dragons are sitting around the table playing. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're playing humans and households. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Humans and households. Oh God. Oh wow. I've, I've tried not to speculate because I want, I like, I like seeing it all in a fold, but you can't help that you do start wondering and every, everything you guys said, I've thought of, but then I've said, no, I guess I'm wrong. Because then I start thinking, <laughs> why are we getting these powers? Like, where are they coming from? Is it because we came here, I guess? <laughs> is, it, is it weird that I have a different answer than Neb does? Ooh. Oh, are you, is everybody Let's still there? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I, I, I had... I had a moment there. My power is still on, though, so so we're okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I I think it's something like what Jen said, in where okay. it's it's a a Feywild type mirror of of our regular world, and that's what they call us. Uh, Neb thinks we're still on the real world, and we've just gained magic powers and this is what happens and now and that eventually we'll get control over everything and be able to just be invisible not be invisible like she just thinks we're still on earth absolutely oh, we're just I love that we're just the we've been infused with magic and and that's what happens when you're infused with magic is until you learn how to control it and do what you want to do with it you're just kind of you know, off to the side a little bit and that eventually we could just kind of go back and forth. So And see, I always thought of Maeve having magic in the real world and just sort of not recognizing it as magic her whole life. That these are just things that happened and yep. she didn't think twice about them when she would say, you know, no, things would get away from her. Um, <laughs> you know, in times of great stress, that was something that could happen almost yeah. There's a little bit of Matilda in in Maeve, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and that 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 sort of that concentration of power happens in the real world. Um, Such a good question because it's, it's, it's interesting hearing like yeah, it's interesting hearing like what you think versus what the character thinks. That's something we never discussed at all before. Yeah, like where yeah. they think they are, what I think really happening, and then how the powers are occurring because. It seems like everyone's kind of different. My envision thing here was that they all had the powers inherited somehow. And when they got into this space, the powers were realized, but they were inherited somehow, which is completely different than what you guys think. Um, I personally think that we came here on a glitch because you you know you always hear those st- stories of like there being a glitch in the matrix and and really weird things happening, uh, and I think the glitch caused us to you when you think about ghosts and how ghosts live in tandem with our plane but on a 
a plane that is on top of each other. Mm-hmm. It's like that's why we see glimpses of things happening, or sometimes there's interactions like cabinets open and stuff because it's the same world, uh, but but a different spiritualness where their souls go. And so I think I almost have the thought that we died on the train, and this is just the afterlife uh, of a purgatory, a limbo. So it really is lost. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Where's the smoke monster? Right. Yeah. <laughs> smoke monster, the ice monster, the the, the ooze monster. The... Yeah. I love it. Wow. That's so good it stuff. That we, yeah, it proves that we none of us really know what what's what's going on or what happened. This will be fun to come back and listen to. Yeah. Way further down the road. It's like, who who was right? Let's let's take out a pool. (laughs) (laughs) If I had to guess, I'd say all of us have like a tiny bit of it right, but none of us have it completely. Yeah, you're probably right. But we're all also only 19 episodes in. Like that feels like a a long time. And also it's not, I mean, we, we still have all sorts of questions of like, how exactly did we get here? You know, uh, why us? Is it is it us in specific, or were we random? You know, there's there's all sorts of questions that are still out there that both yeah. I and Eb are excited to get the answers to. Yeah, I can't wait. Oh. I want to know all the things because I want to play all the games and just like I, I want know. To just, just yeah, but, just play. but at the same time, it's so great to have a slow burn. Yeah. Yes. We, yeah. We can just ha- take our time and enjoy it. Hmm. And okay. so, like for anyone watching, we actually, when we all hang out, this is what we talk about. We talk about our characters. <laughs> we talk about theories. We talk about what do you think is going on with that thing? What are you going to do next? Like- <laughs> Josh is trying to count us in on the episode and we're just like, right, and what do you think about this? What, do you think I should try to do this thing? And he's like, can we just get to the game now? Can you stop playing the pregame and play the game game? <laughs> But that, that's how much of our consciousness this game takes up. Like, the, I, yeah. I, again, I don't want to speak for everyone else, but this is really important to me. Like today we all got together and I was like, I'm so happy I'm here right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is so meaningful. And yeah. I look forward to it all week. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, it's the best. It's me the too. best. I feel super lucky because um, because we we all enjoy in this game so much. And it's 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 a, such a stark contrast to a friend of mine, won't say who, but she got invited to do like a major camp, a, a campaign recently and it was, it was a pretty big deal. And um, she was really excited about it. And she's been playing much longer than me, but she wrote to me right after session zero. And she's like, the energy's off. So she said, I think I'm going to turn it down. And she's like, it's a big opportunity, but I think I'm going to turn it down because the energy is just off. It doesn't. And she's like, I just don't. And she, she ended up turning it down because that's how important it is for the table to have the right, like, sort of people, energy, I don't know, personalities and types. So yeah, she ended up turning it down. And I was like, wow, I'm lucky. I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. I think we can put a pin in it there. I will save the question, you know, from Tricky Bacon that do you have backup characters chosen in case someone dies? Because I don't think any of us could even bear to think about that outcome. I'm going to answer because I've answered and I'm just going to answer real quick for myself. No. And it's it's the only thing I am superstitious about is I don't make a backup character. It's it's I just don't. I focus on one character, all in one character, <laughs> and and if they die, then I will I will go from there. But I never make a backup character. Oh, 
what is it? Save nothing for the swim back. Remember, I gotta go to the movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite things. Oh boy, I love it. I love it. All right. That is uh, where we will call it for tonight. Thank you so much for spending some time with us in this uh, unorthodox uh, approach that we've uh, taken here tonight. But this is us making, uh, you know, I always wondered because it's like you have a marinade that marinates. And so like what I go around <laughs> saying is that we eliminated, uh, we eliminated um, here tonight. So, so we drank the lemonade um, and, uh, and, and made the best of the situation. Uh, yeah. Okay. They're catching up. Um, liminal as in we're in this nether space of it's a show, but not a show. Yeah, oh. that's it. <laughs> that's it. Um, I just want so dinner now. <laughs> we, 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 uh, we appreciate all of the questions. Sorry uh, that we didn't get to all of them there, but, uh, you know, thank you again for uh, sticking around with us. We will do this uh, other times. We were actually thinking about having a scheduled one of these uh, pretty soon anyway. So this is probably going to take the place of that. And uh, we're probably going to take every opportunity to play that we can because, you know, whatever witches we have angered out there or, or demon lords or, or whatever else, um, we, uh, we, we keep getting hexed with, uh, with some of the technology uh, of, you know, the Internet. I thought we had figured out the Internet, um, but, uh, but apparently, you know, the Internet um, is, is a fickle deity. Um, and so, uh, so we will play um, and, and kind of let this take the place of that probably. Uh, but we will certainly do this again because I think, you know, On the Airte is a fantastic show. You should check that out. Um, we, we have some incredible interviews with members of the cast there, but there's also something special about being able to, uh, you know, kind of be together and uh, collaborate on some of these answers. So, uh, so thanks again for being here with us. And uh, we got a few questions about this. So I think that our producer, Josh, Josh Simons, thanks so much for all the work that you do and everyone on our yeah. community team, uh, Melly and Josephine and Sam, thanks for the work that you do in chat. Um, but we got a few questions uh, to play the uh, phone message again. So we will do that on the way out um, as, uh, as for anybody that might have missed that. And, um, and we will be back next week. And fingers crossed that everything is going to go the way that it needs to for us to have another session uh, because I keep just hearing whispers that like leveling up is happening. And so that is always a very exciting time. So we, we cannot wait. So we will see you next week. Thanks. Later, Gators. All right, is this on? Looks like it's working. I don't even know whose phone this is. It might be yours, Maeve. But either way, whoever finds this one day when you're going through your photos or videos, if you could do me a huge favor and get this video to Special Agent Joe Barnes of the FBI. I know that sounds silly, but honestly, you should be able to call the Atlanta field office and they'll be able to track him down. But I would really, really appreciate it if you could. <clears throat> Alright, here goes. Hey you, I know it has been a really long time. I'm sorry about that. But I wanted to get you what is probably the last one of these that, that I'll be able to send. And just let you know a few things. We have really gotten into it. I, I've gotten into more trouble this time than any of the other times before. I don't know any other way to say it, but basically this is like the Lost Island, except instead of a plane crash it was a train crash and no like really a train crash and we're 
finding ourselves amongst complete strangers that we know nothing about, being forced to work together to unravel mysterious clues in an effort to try to return back home. So yeah, like lots of similarities. I just really, really hope that what's really happening right now ends a lot better than that show did. I mean, seriously, like we don't need that kind of disappointment. But I guess time will tell. But I wanted to let you know that it's been more than 20 years but I actually told someone last night about what happened in my past. I didn't tell them everything. I didn't tell them about you. But I told them what I used to do. And honestly, it's been just such a long time and it felt so great to let someone know, to be able to share something, to keep a secret for that long. I just don't, I don't think it's good for anybody. And I barely know these people. And, you know, I shared it. I, I did the whole bit where I acted like I was drunk where it would maybe make a little more sense that I would just share those super sensitive things but I wasn't drunk the truth is I just wanted someone to know because I don't know what's going to happen to me here I just wanted to tell someone it felt really good now I am on watch yeah, watch, believe it or not <laughs> we have to watch to make sure things that don't kill us in this place and I haven't told the others yet but I'm not going to go back. I'm still going to help them. I'm still going to do everything I can to, to try to help them get home. But, but I'm going to stay here. I've made up my mind. Because I know that the only way to keep you safe is for them to never find me. And I think that I've finally found a place where they're not going to be able to find me. And so I'm going to take advantage of that and... I just wanted you to know that there hasn't been a moment that has gone by that I haven't thought of you. There hasn't been a day that I have not regretted what happened and wished that it could have been different. So I just want you to know that. that I just wish it could have been different. But I don't want you to worry about me because, as I said, this place is incredible. It's been really hard so far, but tonight we got to bathe for the first time I think since we've been here like a week and I got to shave I don't know whose razor it was and I've been here shaving but it felt good and this place really is incredible so as I said I'll be okay and um, one of the main reasons that I'll be okay is because I'm not making this up in this place I can do magic so I want you to see are you ready check this out wait for it you ready You see that? <laughs> Look, Ma, no hands. <laughs> That's telekinesis. That's the best superpower. And yes, I'm doing that. Oh, and I can heal people, like seriously, like stitch wounds back together with the power of magic. I can do things with light. Like you probably remember, you probably remember the ring, right? Yeah. So the really wild thing here, wait for it. The battery in this died two days ago. That's me, you ready? That's me. Yeah. So like I said, I'm going to be okay. And since I failed you, I couldn't keep you safe. I'm going to do everything I can to try to keep these new, I'm going to call them friends, keep them as safe as I can and help them get back home. I love you. Always, Marion.
Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Children of Erte. To learn more about Demiplane, visit demiplane.com and embark on your own adventure today.